Hello and welcome everyone to today's News Tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests and our lovely patrons to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and I'm joined today by my good friends and GVG co-founders Ash Polson and Steve Bowling, along with our very special guest, Jake James Lugo, content creator. Welcome, good sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? Again, I'm a big fan of all of you. This is dope to, to be talking with all of you guys. You guys are great, so this is cool. Thank you. Glad to have you on, honestly. So Yeah. It's been a long time. Well, hopefully hopefully you don't end this thinking, oh man, you never meet your never meet your heroes or they never meet uh, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, because, we're starting off good yeah. because Derek is <laughs> in the Castlevania. I'm like, okay, we're gonna get along now. Like this. Oh yeah. There you go. I mean, if you guys were aware of the news and this, all the Castlevania stuff would come up, of course we're talking about Castlevania. I don't care if these other guys don't have anything to talk about. I'll take a 15-minute <laughs> segment by myself to talk about this. But yes, <laughs> let's go ahead. Wow. Before we... What's that? Oh, I just said, wow. Derek, yeah, exactly. Derek hey, it's fair. I mean, you got Castlevania. Hey, Steve's got no more heroes. You're talking heroes. to the insane Megan person who played um, every through every single Castlevania game locally released. Uh, over the course of a year and a half, maybe almost right. two years. So I'm a little insane. Um, uh, by the way, we... Legend of Jess asks if uh, Jake's volume can be raised. Yes, my, my volume can be raised like um, this. Here, I can, that, is that I can, I can bump you up a little that. bit. Give me just a sec. But in the meantime, we do want to say uh, we, have, of course, have a sponsor. And Mondays are always sponsored by the wonderful Game Orb. And uh, they, the Game War, as we always say, is a fledgling channel focused mostly on Nintendo content. It's currently running Let's Plays of Super Mario 3D All-Stars, which you can no longer get. Splatoon 2, <laughs> Smash Ultimate Super Mario 35, which you can no longer play, so I guess <laughs> it's a blast from the past. Um, yeah. And more. Subscribe to the Game War Orb at the link in the description. And let's do a quick check, because we were so close to 200 subs. Did we get the 200 subs? We are two away. We are two, two away. away. Oh, two subs. Make this happen. We can do this. We can Make, do. I, we got this. Know, if, we're, if we're not there next week, I'm going to be disappointed in all of you. No, they're not. Really, but <laughs> anyway, you Yikes. can uh, definitely subscribe to the game orb. We'll have a link in the description, as well as their friend uh, whose YouTube channel is Galactic Reaper. Check them out as well. And as always, thank you so much uh, for your support and uh, early congrats on hitting 200 subs because I know we're going to do it. I know we're going to do it. Definitely, definitely. So, and with, of course, I did just post the link in the chat as well for those of you who are here. Uh, but please, yeah, go subscribe to the Game Orb and let's push them over two hundred. We're at one ninety nine. I just checked. One more. Wow. Yeah. One more. Oh, two hundred. There it is. Thank you all so much. Just hit two hundred. That's what I'm talking about. Let's go, guys. You guys are off the hook. And and they are so. So now that Mario thirty five is over, unfortunately, they they now just started. I can see looking at the channel. They just started a Breath of the Wild. Uh, playthrough, or at go. least are, are posting some Breath of the Wild videos. So definitely Perfect. check those out as well. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for my my third Breath of the Wild playthrough for when we get a release date for part two. Once we have a release date for part two, and I know mm-hmm. how long it's going to take, I think I'm going to finally jump back in and do it again. Just because. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm already mm-hmm. feeling the need to. Anyway, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, gentlemen. Yeah, there was we a do. decent bit of news over the uh, weekend. And uh, I guess let's go ahead and just start it off because let's get nuts for our first one <laughs> and bring it up <laughs> on the screen. All right. It's possible. Maybe. Don't know. Probably unlikely that a Smash Brothers Ultimate Fighters Pass Volume 2 will be adding a seventh challenger to the pack, according to Nintendo website data that suggests it, but doesn't confirm it, there might be something up, at least according to this Reddit post that came up, and actually I haven't even had a chance to really look at it, I was uh, confirming some of the other uh, content that we were looking at today for possible news stories. Ash, you, I know you've taken a bit closer look at this, yes. so what do we got so- here? So basically, the the short version, shortish version of it, is that every purchasable game or DLC or bundle, whatever, has its own code or ID inside Nintendo's official website. That includes fighter packs, me costumes, and the individual fighter passes. Um, so for pass two, the or the codes are ordered like um, basically a bunch of numbers ending with nine six seven, which is Min Min, to nine seven zero, which is Pyra and Mithra with codes 71 and 72 reserved for the unreleased packs 10 and 11, which, of course, makes sense. 
But the bonus Ancient Helm and gear that you get for pre-ordering the second pass, or purchasing it, sorry, has code 74, which means code 73 is currently blank. Now, that could be anything. It doesn't have to mean that a new fighter is coming, but it does suggest that there is some gap in, in the related content to Fighters Pass 2. And it may be nothing. could be a mistake. could be a mis-ID. Who knows? But it could be something. And I hope it is. I mean, Are, you guys saw me crossing my fingers. I want it to be something. I would love to be getting any more Fighters, anything. Never want this game to end. So that's kind of what's going on here. So certainly don't take this as confirmation, but there could be a there there. We just don't know yet. Are, are you ready for the theory that'll that'll make you sad? <laughs> I think I already know what it is, but go for it. <laughs> I think okay, 73 so. will be um, like a like a rolled up all all smash DLC offering. Like just That's what I was thinking. Okay. Yeah, you know, that makes yeah. sense. A yeah. flat fee and you get Fighters Pass 1 and 2 and all the related content for what? Like 50 bucks or or something. But I think that it it's more likely to be that. I would love it if it was a surprise additional fighter, but yeah, I'm not holding my breath. Right. Yeah, so it's it's possible, but I think that's definitely a, a potential there. Or there's potential in that theory, Steve. So don't run away with excitement yet. I'm certainly not, but hey. So you're saying there's a chance is all I'm saying. <laughs> not much of a chance because I'm reading through more of this article. There's a lot of edits here. Like some of the other regions actually have that 73. Oh, uh, no. And others others don't so it's a sort of a, it almost seems like a regional thing what, what do you think JJ? Oh, I, what do you think jj i was gonna say it could be either a language pack if that's the case because if it was a later number i would believe then and maybe like okay maybe that's like another character mm-hmm. or something for down the line but since it's like a gap in between two already like released uh uh, was it characters like that it makes it sense like either if it's like you know maybe something like extra like music or compatibility stuff for people that don't have it so they could still play against people that do have that type of content like that's the type of stuff i would think it would be mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah i mean that's th- there is definitely that that angle to it i so derek you said it's the 73 exists in other countries do you know what it is in those other countries uh let's see when trying I'm to buy the, the, this third, well, this third comment says that when you try to buy the seventy-three item on a U.S. Nintendo account, it says that the content is not available. Um, but yes, it's true. So I hadn't seen that the, the third edit did not exist when I for, when I pr- previously looked up this story. But it does seem as mm-hmm. though there are different codes per region. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So. I don't know. I, I know yeah. there's, again, I've covered Smash Rumors for a very long time at this point. Yes, you have. And each time uh, there are patterns and codes and things that might be possible. Um, <laughs> and each time, no, patterns are right. just weirdly not a thing. Like, I've never mm-hmm. seen people search for patterns and find them, but not have them mean anything in a game like this before and uh i just so set expectations super low (laughs) yeah Um, i honestly don't uh, the more i look into this the more i think it's not going to be anything too major maybe at best all past thing uh like season uh, fighter pass one and two right but it just i don't know you know, Evernight Studio in the chat says when you put in code seventy three into a URL, the site shows currently not available, while other random numbers will say that say that it simply doesn't exist. Hmm. Um, of course, you know, not that that means anything necessarily either way, but you know, yeah, there, there's just it's interesting to speculate about. But there's certainly no there there yet, and there may never be. Uh, or if there is additional content announced down the road, it may very likely have nothing to do with this little weird numbering thing. So, you know, yeah. who knows? It's just interesting to speculate about. There's, there's also, there's also the, the theory. I, I one, I, I agree with Derek 100% that when people try to ascribe meaning to patterns, especially in the Smash community, it never works out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Second, second take on this, real quick. I, I wish that we had had pushed Dustin on the show by now because every time I think of stuff like this, I vividly remember all the times he's tweeted out the little picture of Rob holding the sign that says "hype responsibly." Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And finally. That's funny. This could just very well be like Nintendo had to, you know, plan out the eShop offerings for Smash and say, 
okay, we roughly know how many characters we want, but maybe we don't have a firm number. So let's just put this Breath of the Wild armor pack out at ID 74, and we'll leave this many open for whatever we decide to do. And maybe they're just coming up one short, and that's reserved. And Like you said, Ash, maybe we'll never see anything. I still am going to hold firm that it's Mm -hmm. most likely just some, you know, everything's done, and now we're going to offer everything at one price. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, I did actually, there is one other angle to this that that I unfortunately forgot to get into the doc, but I was researching this over the weekend, and apparently, I hadn't realized this, but apparently the Pyra and Mithra patch, the patch that added them to the game, also added more... Uh, placeholder character slots for the character select screen than than exi- existed previously. Again, that by itself doesn't mean anything anyway. But hey, it's just it's always fun to that that one to, to me this stuff. is the most compelling thing I've heard so yeah. far. Mm-hmm. And that's right. just that's, because, that's a little more compelling than this. Yeah, because that takes yeah. a, an actual like level of effort that they didn't need to go to if they were one hundred percent sure that they were done. And so yeah. you know, and again, assuming that that's not adding slots for the fighters that we know are coming. I'm, I'm assuming that it's more than that. Um, right. That to me seems weird that you would take the development effort to add slots to the roster when the roster is supposedly complete. That to me is, is honestly the biggest thing. Again, don't get hyped folks. <laughs> right. Don't let yourselves down. No, nope, but nope. I will say that that's exactly. the most compelling piece of evidence. Focus on those last two low. and don't think about it. But again, yep. uh, how are you feeling on this, JJ? Do you do you have hope? I I, I don't have hope. I don't have hype. I'm just gonna be meh. I think that's what we should all be just <laughs> until meh. we find so that out. way. When something does happen and it pops off and it's something crazy, we're ridiculously excited because then again we go through the same cycle as Nintendo fans like all the time. We do it to ourselves, really. Mm-hmm. Especially, in I Smash don't have the too. ability like, to like, raise yeah. only one eyebrow. But if I did, I, that, the high, the level of hype you should be at is just like <laughs> I can't do just, and then just <laughs> the one eyebrow popping <laughs> yeah. up, and about that, it I can't. I don't have right. that kind of control. Of just my face. stone face, just like <laughs> we we obviously need to get the rock on the show for moments like this. Right, exactly. Yes. It's just stoic face, and then hearing that news and just going, Poop, and you're good. Um. <laughs> Uh, really quick, I want to extend a warm welcome in the chat to uh, Nax Ethan, whose name I don't recognize. N A X Ethan. So uh, yeah, welcome to our live audience. Thank you for Nax joining Ethan. us. We hope to see you in many more episodes. And I love your suggestion for a DLC character, Green Biker Dude from Mega Man X 2s intro. I am, I love it. I'm there with you. <laughs> he just I dies love, immediately. Uh, I yeah. love Nax Ethan's uh, comments. So what you all are saying is Sora, Master Chief, Eggman, Crash, Spyro, and Klonoa are all getting it. Yeah, that's want, exactly yes. what we're Scorpion saying. Zero. That's all I want. That's all I've been dying nice. for. I've been saying it every time. I still in denial. I, that, if they somehow do that like that, I'll do a back. I'll take a lap around my house like that, and I'm good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just got to jog this one off. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to something a little bit more concrete. Bring that subject up. All right. Studio quality versions of Super Mario RPG songs have resurfaced thanks to an thanks to old promo videos for the game. And dear God, <laughs> they it's so cool. It's it's been a while since I played Mario RPG, but these songs are really high quality. And I actually it's funny as I was listening to them for this story. Uh, right underneath, she says, has a comment. It's like, you can really feel the Kingdom Hearts vibes with the clarity uh, there. And I'm like, as soon as you said yeah. it, it's like, yeah, <laughs> I told you can Probably, yeah. totally get Kingdom Hearts out of that. Of course, it's Yoko Shimomura, oh, yeah. so it makes sense. But there you go. Exactly. I mean, I, I heard, you know, I, I retroactively heard Kingdom Hearts and Mario RPG's soundtrack anyway, even on Super Nintendo, after kind of becoming more familiar with Shimomura's work through Kingdom Hearts, uh, even though I had, of course, previously played Mario RPG. But when you go back and you hear songs like Mary Moore and and all these there's so many songs that clearly have Kingdom Hearts DNA in them and obviously as a huge video game music nerd I love hearing these different studio quality versions of these songs like Forest Maze like the the back melody sounds a bit weird and it, it doesn't quite work but at the same time that's fascinating to me like hearing just these slightly different versions of these songs that have been ingrained into my brain for years and years and years over and over again yeah, I have to say, as somebody who uh, likes Super Mario RPG but hasn't played it in quite some time, like since it was you know on the SNES, um, <laughs> hearing hearing those songs because I just played a clip for for the folks in the audience here so they could listen to it. Man, it, it's almost like 
unrecognizable to somebody who hasn't picked up the game in a really long time. It took a minute for it to click to me, and I was like, oh yeah, this is Mario RPG music. And you guys were just mentioning Kingdom Hearts as I was playing it. I was like, yeah, I, I definitely hear that here. So it's it's mm-hmm. really cool. I, I love that we're getting kind of this weird... Well, we're in this weird timeline where, like, all our favorite video game music is coming out the way it was intended to be listened to in the first place, and it sounds un uh, un uh, objectionably better. It's just objectively far better composure, and it, it really highlights the limitations of 16-bit hardware. Mm-hmm. See, it's funny. I I would say different, not better. I think maybe because I'm just so used to eight and 16-bit music, because I love it so much. That for me, it's definitely obviously clearer and it's higher grade, but it it just comes off to me as different and, and, uh, instead of necessarily better. But that's just that's me. fair. I think most people would probably agree with you, Steve. I, I think it depends uh, on how the nostalgia hits you, because, for instance, sure. uh, I grew up with a Sega Master System, not a Mark III. And, and there is a clear distinction there, because in Japan, the Mark III had a just again objectively superior sound chip and so a lot of my favorite old games sound better (laughs) on the japanese hardware but because i grew up with the american stuff i'm like nope this sounds off-putting and strange to me like i can't play fantasy star (laughs) with the fm sound i have to turn it off so um Mm -hmm. real quick jj did you play super mario rpg or are you a big fan of uh, funny enough i didn't play super mario rpg back then i dabbled with it because i had friends that played it and they like swore by it they were really big fans and i think that eventually at some point i'm gonna have to sit down and play it like there's a few select like big classics i just haven't like really sat down and just completed like that and i think Mm -hmm. that some games like that i think sometimes it could be better to play it later in life because you appreciate it better, you notice things a little bit better, and you don't have those nostalgia mm-hmm. glasses. So, and I think it works to the game's advantage. You know, it really makes it look like okay, like yeah, there was a lot of effort and energy that went into some of these big games like Super Mario RPG. And I think it's also another thing I should mention too, since you guys mentioned music with eight and sixteen bit music. I think there's an element of like imagination that goes into that when you're hearing that. You know, just like you know, classics like for me, like a really classic soundtrack that's sixteen bit is Final Fantasy IV soundtrack or Final Fantasy II for here in America. Oh, and that yeah. music is awesome. Mm-hmm. And when you hear an orchestral version of some of those tracks like it's just like it blows your mind sometimes oh, yeah. and it sounds so fantastic and i think that you know we all you know most of us that play games like that from that era we play games with that element of like imagination like okay like imagine like if this was done like final fantasy advent children type of status you know and all of a sudden when we hear like renditions of it it was like yeah like this is pretty dope that it just only makes you appreciate that type of track or that type of music even more mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, I, no, I, I think that's... Oh, go ahead, Derek. I was going to say, sort of owing to um, what Steve was saying before about sound chips and how certain things can sound better, but you grew up with a certain sound. Uh, we were talking before the show, you're a huge Castlevania fan as well. Uh, Castlevania Three is the big example for that sort of thing yeah. for Castlevania. Which soundtrack do you prefer, the, the NES one or the Famicom one? With the better You know what's another one like that? Rondo of Blood. Rondo of Blood is like that. You know, between yeah. Dracula X and Rondo of Blood, it's the same thing. Yeah. Do you have a certain one that you prefer just because you grew up with it or? Honestly, no. Like, again, like all the music's good. <laughs> and again, the remixes are dope. Like, I mean, the later games, obviously, they have a little bit like of a leg up, you know, from the different hardware and stuff. But I think that, yeah. you know, when, once you hear them in context of like what's going on with the game or what you're playing at that moment, I think it just hits people different. Mm. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, as much as I love to listen to game music outside of the context of the games they're in. One of the reasons I, I, one of the things that that does for me is it, it transports me back to those pivotal moments in games, and I can make that connection, and it just enhances the music for me even more. And oh yeah, I totally hear what you're saying about FF4. Yeah, I mean, and and I think it's it is those limitations, right? It is those limitations that the composers in the eight and sixteen bit days encountered that I find so fascinating about classic video game music because of of the just ingenuity the raw ingenuity of, of how these composers got around those technical limitations and still made you feel look at vampire what killer a full orchestra would make from you castlevania feel, right look it's, at vampire killer yeah. that melody that theme that's iconic for a lot of people and again the super mario brother themes like a lot of those tracks from that era are iconic because they're simple straightforward melodies that catch on to you and like the right. renditions and the re-renditions of them over the years just make them so much better and like they're, they're they've always been good music it's just they just get enhanced by all this other stuff years later they're awesome. Right. And what's kind of cool, too, is that... Treat. Yeah, exactly. And it, what's kind of cool, too, is that I found that chip music, and this is uh, long before now, but chip music has kind of taken on 
its own, well, it's definitely taken on its own identity in the same way that pixel art has, right? Like, you, people used to say, oh, pixel art's old. Nobody wants old 2D pixelated games. It's all about Polygon 3D. But now you see indie games all the time going for that specific 2D pixel art style because people love it. And it's the same thing, same thing with Chiptune. You got games like Shovel Knight and Celeste and what have you that specifically go for that 8-bit, 16-bit Chiptune style over something like or fully, fully orchestrated music because that's its own style now. And I just think that's the coolest thing. Well, heck, the uh, the Analog Pocket, which is coming out, actually, sh- uh, they're offering a music cartridge for that so that you can use it to create chiptune music. Oh, right, so, right, right. And that's, that's a cool. cool new product. So, yeah, I it's, I, I've seen DJs using Game Boys in ways I don't understand. I love hearing Same. That. That's so awesome. I love watching. Like, at PAX, one of my favorite things is when you'll see DJs, like, live sequence music from Game Boys. That's the coolest, yep. nerdiest, most awesome thing, and I just love people literally sequencing music. Out I like of listening video to Mega Rand. On Mega Rand's music that does that where he Mega Rand's awesome. Yeah. Mega Rand's awesome. Mega Rand's awesome. Mega, yeah, Mega exactly. Rand, like, Samus. Stuff like that is cool. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Does that count as a Mega Mention? I mean, it's yeah, pretty sure. close. Yeah. <laughs> and Green Biker Dude did as well. So I think I think we already yeah. had our our first Mega Mention. Yeah, double dose of it. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. happened quickly. Yeah. Either way, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, which is just kind of cool. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a feel good. So the new Oregon Trail on Apple Arcade, which I wasn't even aware about, actually opens about it with a message about the game's commitment to Native American rep- representation and inclusivity, which, I mean, say what you will, will about other races, that does not happen for Native Americans. It says, as you right. open it up, it says, In creating this new game in the beloved Oregon Trail series, we were determined to better depict Native American perspectives. For indigenous peoples, westward expansion was not an adventure, but an invasion. Recognizing this complex history, we have collaborated with Native American scholars to bring a new level of respectful representation to the game. For the first time, the game features Native American playable characters and stories celebrating the history and cultures of the peoples who first lived on this land and still live here today. That is fascinating. That's I like to take Oregon Trail and this. look at it from that angle. That's I mean, this is only good stuff. Yeah. I'm wrong with I, that. It makes for a much more compelling game. I think that oh, I love the idea of something that, you know, all of us are of the age where we grew up hearing this as as a story of heroes, right? Mm. Uh, the narrative mm. we were given in our schooling was that... Perseverance of man. Exactly. It was it was a tr- story Manifest of triumph, destiny. right? And they never mm-hmm. talked about the, the people that were underfoot, you know, in, in terms of how they were treated. And so I love the idea of being able to shift the perspective and seeing this as this thing that everybody taught you was great sucked for a whole lot of people and here's yeah. why and i think that that is a valuable thing that frankly i wish wasn't relegated to apple arcade because yeah. we all learned this in school we played organ trail in school as kids mm-hmm. yeah everybody oh, yeah. Played that. Green let them screen, play this in screen max <laughs> yeah. or apple twos or whatever yeah oh man that when you're just a kid and you're like oh load up on bullets and just shoot everything and you're like oh wait yeah, hey, that's why you want love to me. go hunting Crap. and it's like you hate and you hate it when <laughs> yeah. your party got dysentery I remember everybody yeah. used to get so upset when that used to happen so randomly. Like, it was crazy. Well, and, like, when so- and sometimes caulking the float would work. Sometimes it wouldn't. You'd shoot, like, 4,000 pounds of beef, and you could only carry back, like, 100. It was the mm-hmm. most ridiculous like, well, I'm just thing. Well, just going to leave all that meat Oregon there. Trail's classic. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, Oregon t- it's just a classic, and I this, this is such an in- important way to update it for 2021. And it's not something they had to do. But they they did it, and it's so cool. And and Native Americans really, really deserve the representation and the not just the olive branch. They deserve yeah. so much more than that. Uh, over, Seriously, I mean, given what they've been put through. So I just love this. It's it's small, but it's something positive. One of my yep. favorite PAX uh, memories was in the free game room. They had an old PC where you could play the Oregon Trail, the original Oregon Trail, and kid you not. Uh, there's a guy playing and just going to doing a whole run. Um, and there's a, like a lineup of like 10, 15 people watching him play Oregon trail, see if he could actually make it to the end. And it was compelling. It was compelling to see <laughs> them like deal with these certain things, uh, going down the river in that last little bit. And, um, 
you know, ultimately winning. It was like really cool to see just see everybody react and like ah, the dysentery happened and they he lost somebody. You know, the ox <laughs> That's a real nostalgia like, trip. And you get the crowd real. reactions. Like you wouldn't think it for Oregon Trail, but I think it's for our age group. The game kind of like you don't even think about it as an educational game. It's just like one of those challenge survivor survival mm-hmm. games, and yeah. that what makes me really intrigued about how it plays from the Native American perspective, since you're not traveling anywhere. Like you just have to deal with these white people coming through your land and I don't know. I don't even know what you do. Like I'm kind of intrigued by what you actually do as a native American character. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm. again, Apple arcade is turning out to be a pretty good value. It turns out I'm, I'm surprised by that because I Same. don't think of my phone as a destination for great games, but I mean, we've got Fantasian. We've got this now. It's it's worth picking up and checking out. I, I might have to check out, I guess Oregon trails out now. Fantasian is out now too, right? Correct. Yeah, I think so. I got to check I out got both. Work to do. Um, I remember someone talking. I've had an Apple Arcade CCM. subscription that I've been meaning to cancel after Shantae, but I just never. I forgot to cancel it, and of course I'm just paying for it, which is ridiculous. But now I have a reason to keep it going because I do at least want to check out. Well, I want to check out both of these. So, um, Eddie Beals in the chat says this is a cool spin. I want a cooking spinoff called the Oregano Trail. To which Asran <laughs> replied, "I see your Oregano and raise you an Ace Attorney crossover, the Oregon Trial. I love what you guys oh are doing my with God. this. It's great." <laughs> Love it. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like the fantasy thinker fan. Is Oregon Trail the first roguelike? Roguelike. I don't think it's the first, no, but it's certainly one of the. No. It's certainly I mean, isn't Rogue the first roguelike? <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> sure. Just point that one out. Sorry, guys. Technically, I mean, I think most people think of uh, they don't even realize Rogue is a game <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, man, into my like what early elementary school like first second grade middle school whatever um that was it like we, we there was one computer per classroom it was like an old green screen apple II mm-hmm. or something and if you could get on that computer for the for the lunch break and play organ trail or number munchers or whatever you were oh like my god a popular kid in class me with the nostalgia trip because i'd say right now me and you played the same games because i played oregon trail i played number nice. munchers i played where in the world is carmen san diego yep. i played the mark oh, of zorro san diego, or the mask of yeah. Like, oh, my God, like that. That was a trip because I used to do the same thing. But for me, it was kindergarten, first grade that we did that stuff. We had a computer lab. So every like, I don't know, like maybe towards the afternoon yeah. or something before lunch, we would go there and we would have like a whole like hour of being able to go on like all these computers and just switch out floppy disk and stuff and just play whatever. Yeah. And we had the mm-hmm. almanac for Carmen San Diego, this big freaking almanac that you never used except for that. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. crazy. I remember I remember those days. There's, there's something same. magical about it, I guess. <laughs> mm. All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, move on to our next topic, which uh, could be awesome. So uh, Mortal Kombat creator Ed Boon um, kind of mused on Twitter today. They got a lot of people talking, asking if there are enough well-known giant monsters like King Kong and Godzilla to make a monster fighting game. Yes, yes, there do are. Do it, Boom. <laughs> Give this man some money right now, please. Just, yeah. just in Godzilla alone, there are so. Godzilla-specific fighting games. If you got to go across all of them, oh my God. you're set. And I actually saw somebody respond to this and thinking just, you know, what WB owns, which, hey, that's what NetherRealm was with, WB Games. They have access to Godzilla right now. They have access to Kong. So there's all these things that they can grab to make, I swear to God, if they Kaiju could somehow get the rights yeah. to Gamera and some of the other mo- monsters for WB from from uh, Toho and stuff, that would make an amazing fighting game. Like for real, mm-hmm. especially with Nether Realms, the helm of that, and they could just make it like really gritty and really crazy like that. Oh my God, that'd be that, that would sell gangbusters. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, and real as, quick, as some wanna... folks have already point. Oh, go ahead, Steve. Oh, I was just going to say that a uh, friend of the show, Matt McMuscles, uh, pointed out directly under that tweet. Uh, Legendary slash Warner Brothers has access to all of Toho's properties. Uh, they have Jaegers and Kaiju from Pacific Rim. They have the monster from Cloverfield. They have the monsters from uh, Rampage, the Midway game. Do it. Um, Do it. And, and then, <laughs> yeah, yeah there's, there's they have access to Gamera, Ultraman. <laughs> like, oh, they they actually be, have Gamera. Right. Okay. Oh, they, man. Well, right Ultraman now. Get this there. man some money. Oh, you can have Jet Jaguar versus Ultraman. <laughs> oh man! God, I well, and as some happen. folks have pointed out, uh, I mean, not only are there enough monsters to do this, there have been already uh, because Infograms actually came out with uh, Godzilla destroy all monsters melee back in 2002 yeah. on the GameCube mm. and Xbox, and yep. that 
game already. There, I'm looking at the roster right now. It's around 12 monsters. Um, yeah, two versions of Godzilla, Mecha King Ghidorah. Uh, they had Mecha like multiple Godzilla, games though. Gigan, I know, like they like, had like multiple yeah. games and sequels of that same thing at one point. I know that like Did that they? Were really okay. fun. Like I don't know much about giant monsters or kaiju. I think they're cool. I don't know a lot about them. Um, but look, if they could make a game with twelve or so playable characters back in two thousand two, Ed Boon could certainly justify one today Man. in twenty twenty one. I mean, I'm kind of amazed that Ed Boon hasn't made a horror movie fighting game. Me too. All this yeah, guest right? stars yeah. he's gotten from Mortal Kombat. <laughs> uh, you know yeah. what though? I think that that kind of veers into Mortal Kombat's lane quite a bit. A bit. I, I would rather see those. Uh, hit, I would rather see him, I should say, continue to put horror movie characters into Mortal Kombat true. because they're right at home there. I mean, mm-hmm. true. you know, yeah, and, and plus, sense. I just love the idea of, like, Freddy killing uh, Scorpion or something like that. Like, the fatalities <laughs> in Mortal Kombat are comical. I, I think that, I mean, they're they're really gross sometimes, but mostly they're they're hilarious. Um, you realize how creative this, he could get with the kaijus doing that? Like, any sort of, like, things, like, you know, just I, destroying, I was like, thinking about that, like, way. impale a kaiju, like, on a building or something. Or, oh, my I, gosh. What I really uh-huh. want, though, and I'm just going to... I'm just going to hope that I can wish this into existence. If we get a kaiju fighting game, I want at least one character to very obviously be a dude in a rubber suit. Like yes. I want one oh, of them to just awesome. look uh-huh. bad. Make and I also make it, like, want to costumes. Like make that. him the one that can like, do Godzilla's like tail kick. Oh yeah. yeah the jumping, I, or the dance as a victory dance. The, the oh, hell yeah. I also want, a stage that is very obviously made of like cardboard. <laughs> like, like uh-huh. just give me a low <laughs> like a budget Shawa character. Era Godzilla stage. Oh, that'd be so yep. Uh-huh. Low budget character, low budget stage. That will be one of the funniest games I've ever played. I mean, I also want just the serious full on visual showcase that nether realm could do with this stuff but i also just want some some fun stuff in there heck they make a story mode out of black and white realm what kind of story would they come up with that'd be wild (laughs) oh man eduardo tena says if they went the extra mile and added stuff like gundam and evangelion it'd be damn perfect that would be wild to have evas and angels in in such a game like this oh man if you're gonna do that you have to get the megazord from power rangers i don't care which one all of them uh-huh. Give all it's funny because yeah. I think Boone. these, these things it. are wildly ranging in sizes, so I'm curious how they'd actually, <laughs> you know, like some of them would be really short compared to others. This is kind of adjacent to the topic, but we were talking about how we're surprised that Ed Boon hasn't made a horror game character or a yeah, fighting game yet. Uh, and I agree, but I also really, and no one, I'm sure very few people would want to do this. I don't think it would have wide appeal, but... I wish he could make a Ninja Turtles fighting game only because I'm still mm. gobsmacked by how perfectly the turtles are oh, represented Injustice in Injustice 2. Yeah. They are perfect. Like, actually perfect. And I'm surprised I never, never got I'd Shredder as, like, extra DLC with that. Like, that would have been sweet. Right. Like, yep. And I just, like, take that and take that representation of the turtles in Injustice and just extrapolate that into a full fighting game with Shredder, Bebop, Rocksteady, Toka, Razar. Casey Jones. Uh, Casey Jones, April... Every, Sagi Ojimbo. Oh, so there's there's yeah, a ton Splinter. of characters Amazing. you can do. Yeah, I, I actually so saw cool. a uh, webcomic uh, from a while back. I forget which one it was. Um, saying like, uh, you know, the turtles are the per- perfect for this open world game. Switching between Ooh. the four of them and going through New York and doing a whole turtles Please. big adventure. But instead, we keep getting beat em ups. Yeah, which are great. But it also made me think. It's like, huh. A TMNT Spider-Man like game that no, would be for cool. a while. If you remember, please. Rocksteady was said Hold to on, do though. a Turtles game. Like people kept saying that for like a long time, and it ended up being not true. But like, imagine that level right. of like handling. That'd be amazing. Right. What is what is the traversal mechanic for a Turtles game though? Are we talking the Turtle Van or or how do you get around fast? Ninja that running across sewers, rooftops. Quick travel the sewers. Just I don't know why. But I, I think you have to have a smaller section of New York. Yeah, we'll, I was, we'll, we'll I was, be yeah that's fair. Because yeah. I was going to say, I don't oh, see the Turtle Blimp. Turtle Blimp. Turtle Blimp. Yeah. Turtle Blimp for fast travel. How is that better than the Turtle Van, man? You do something. You got the Turtle Van, yeah. Maybe once you, maybe uh, Shredder isn't the actual villain and you, you beat him halfway through, then you get the Technodrome and you can travel underneath. Oh my God, that'd be Guys, so awesome. we could have a whole ass discussion about this. Oh my God, Whoa. I'm losing it over here. Oh <laughs> man. The game, Ninja Turtles. Oh, man, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. <laughs> I want to. <sighs> uh, okay. While we're dreaming about that, oh yeah, sewers are your fast travel. That's a good point. Oh, perfect. Yeah. 
Uh, and Jared Edinger asks if I've seen the TMNT versus Justice League, an awesome fan-made fighter. I haven't, but I will uh, type that down to check it out after the show. I want to see what that's all about. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, uh, this is a very interesting one. So let's go ahead and put that, put that up on the screen. So the Game Data Library has offered a rare look at the original NES version of the first Seiken Densetsu, uh, or as it became known here, Final Fantasy Adventure, that was actually planned to release by the end of April 1987 before it was repurposed into what we know as Final Fantasy Adventure. And this is fascinating stuff because it seems much more traditional in how it's set up. Like it's a four-person party all on screen. Uh, according to this, uh, it was supposed to be this crazy ambitious RPG meant to release in five parts, with part three meant to release by the end of the year. And they said they apparently Square planned to release the game on five discs, uh, but not all at the same time. Uh, it's kind of a, almost an early episodic game planned for the Famicom, Famicom disc system, and just ended up, I guess, scaling back and ended up with Adventure, but... Kind of crazy that Seiken Densetsu started out as just such an ambitious game, and I, I yeah, mean, I have almost to, reckon, don't even recognize it as what it is. Me. Yeah, I mean the the interesting thing is too. I'm looking at this. This game was going to retail for thirty bucks, which seems really weird to me. Uh, Three thousand four hundred yen, and by the way, we're talking Famicom Disk System discs, right? Just I to, think so, yes. Sure. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because I, I threw a little bit of a bigger screenshot on the screen for everybody to look. But yeah, I, I, I can't think of another RPG on the Famicom or NES where you saw the whole party walking. But I wasn't a big NES RPG guy either. I can't right. think of any off the top of my head. I can't either, I mean, really. I the mean, only other one I could probably maybe think of besides Final Fantasy would be uh, Dragon Warrior, Dragon Quest. Of course, yeah, Dragon 1, 2. Yeah, Dragon Quest 1 through 4. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. Beyond that, though, I'm trying to think. I mean... I mean, the, there those, were lots of different like one-offs. The there were Star ones. Tropics, Star yeah. Tropics one and two, uh, Mother one, of course, Earthbound, uh, Earthbound Beginnings. But generally, yeah, I, I, I agree. And this is just so fascinating to me, uh, given what we know what Seiken Densetsu ultimately turned into: first Final Fantasy adventure on the Game Boy, and then the one everyone knows, Secret of Mana, on Super NES. And now, of course, with uh, the collection of Mana, we also have Seiken Densetsu three playable uh, in, in English over here now. But just thinking of those three games and comparing that against this these screenshots, it's so fascinating to me how the game evolved. And what really gets me is that this was apparently going to release by the end of April 1987. Final Fantasy Adventure didn't come out on Game Boy until 1991, I think. So this was mm-hmm. a concept in, in Square's catalog long mm-hmm. before we actually ever saw it come to market. Yeah, I, I mean... Obviously, it was to the point that they were willing to show it off somewhat publicly, though. This is, I mean, this is from what? What's the source on this? Is this a magazine or? Um, I believe so. Let's see. It was, it was Game Data Library on Twitter. Um, yeah, I just didn't mean. say they what the magazine was, yeah. though. But the credit for this discovery, they say, goes to Gaming Alexandri, uh, which are uncovering these old magazines. So it is an okay. old oh, magazine. Okay. So I mean that I thought this that was like officially released out there. Like I didn't know like it was from magazines. I, I I always love hearing stories and seeing stuff like this when it comes from the company themselves, where they're just like, "Hey, look at this like old stuff from like some of your favorite classics back in the day." Like I just love seeing things like that. Okay, I found it. So this is the March twentieth, nineteen eighty seven issue of Famitsu. I mean that's okay. crazy when you think cool. about it, right? Because that means yeah. that Famitsu presumably, presumably either got to go hands-on with this game or saw it in person at some point. Uh, I mean, because back then, back in the day, you didn't just hop on a website and download assets, <laughs> you know, like you had to see this game somehow. Right. Um, so they sent over a tape or or screenshots or whatever, but somebody, I mean, that means that Square had to be confident that this game was going to release in this fashion. It's not like it's a prototype. They just ha- has been hidden away for years. This had to be a playable build of this. Maybe, maybe they had of the somebody game. go over to their offices to play it at some point, possibly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, guess so. that up. I I don't pretend to know what the industry was like in the eighties. I was five. <laughs> but, yeah, right. I, 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 mean, I was only so two at this born. point, so yeah. 
Yeah. There's um, also a uh, full page ad for the game that shows what the planned subtitle would have been in English, and it would have been uh, Seiken Densetsu, The Emergence of Excalibur. This is also interesting. I didn't know any of this. This is so yeah. cool. Well, it's really inter- it's really cool because they have uh, just looking over uh, gaming Alexandri's um, other uh, other stuff. Uh, the fam they looking over these old Famitsu articles. One, you can get this magazine for two hundred ninety yen, which seems so cheap. Two, the front page was showing off uh, has artwork of a sort of a fun version of Dragon Quest Two, which shows you when this game was kind of coming out and how how ambitious it was. Dragon Quest Three wasn't even out yet at this point, but they also had like claymation stuff of Adventures of Lolo, um, a comic for the Opa Opa, or I think it's like Fantasy Zone. And that even like tip song, yeah. stuff for Zelda Two. That's how early on this was. Wow. Right. That is crazy. It's I mean, wild. I would have loved to have seen this version. And I, I'm just gonna put this in my bucket of hopes of things that eventually get leaked somehow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just because this would be a really, really cool thing to see. I wonder. I wonder if maybe it just didn't run well on the Famicom or something. Or I, I don't know. It's impossible to predict why Square does the things they do, but might have been um, too ambitious. I I personally would have loved this. This looks a lot like Fantasy Star for the Sega Master System, which is one of my favorite games of all time. So maybe someday we'll see this prototype see the light of day. Hopefully, right. Well, what's also interesting is if I remember correctly, there's an an interesting interesting parallel. Yeah, there's an interesting parallel with Secret of Mana because. Secret of Mana was originally going to be developed for the Nintendo PlayStation CD add-on, but when that fell through, thanks to Nintendo acting like fools uh, at the time, it got repurposed into the Super Nintendo game we know and love today. But it was originally much bigger in scope and and was going to be made for that PlayStation CD add-on. So it's kind of a, a weird... Obviously, it wasn't planned out like that, but it's kind of a weird parallel between Secret of Mana and what ultimately happened with the original Seiken Tensetsu. Man, there's been a lot of interesting stuff coming out. I'm just scrolling through this Twitter. Sorry, uh, looking through this. Uh, April 2nd, VG Densetsu uh, tweeted out um, from the original uh, the graphic designer, Kazuko Shibuya, who worked on uh, Final Fantasy VI, presented an early version of Tina or Terra Sprite from Final oh, Fantasy VI. I retweeted oh, cool. that the other day. Did you? Okay. So cool. With oh, her yeah, being absolutely. blonde and whatnot, and completely different outfit, like that's that's wild hair. to see all this old stuff. Mm. I love. It's a stuff really like cool that. Twitter account. Same. Huh. Cool. Blast <laughs> <Last laughs> in the past. There. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Eddie Beal says, "Hey, hold up. Go over those juicy Zelda two tips. I still haven't beaten it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, we got to move on to something <laughs> that Steve is a little uh, excited about. Maybe just a little oh, bit. Oh, just a bit. Just yeah. A bit. Yes. <laughs> I'm so Seems ready. fucking excited. Yeah, that was I his can't face. Yeah. wait. <laughs> no uh, more wait. Heroes Three, man. Um, mm-hmm. there, I'm I'm stealing this from you, Derek. I'm yeah, go ahead. It. Take it. No take more it. Heroes Three. There's a presentation <laughs> April eighth. Turns out to be five a.m. Pacific time. I don't give a fuck. I'm gonna be online nice. streaming this thing. I am way, way, way too hyped for this. I have I've played through No More Heroes one, two. Travis strikes again, again, and, <laughs> and I am. I need No More Heroes 3 in my veins right now. So if I'm they tell me Steve. I can see more of it at 5 a.m. Pacific, I'll be there. I'll be there right here on GVG live streaming it half dead. <laughs> um, I'll be there with I, you. Mostly the dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably mostly dead. But um, yeah, man, I can't wait. I don't even care what they show me at this point. We know that uh, it, it looks a lot more inspired. Now that I've played through bo- all of the entries in the series again what i've seen of no more heroes 3 seems to lean a lot more toward no more heroes 1 in terms of vibe and aesthetic uh i forgot just how how different visually and presentation wise those two games are the two mainline games like uh one looks a lot more experimental with its art style whereas two for the time it was released in is way more conventional it feels Mm -hmm. like you're you're run-of-the-mill, from a visual perspective type of game uh, from back in those days. But No More Heroes 1, you know, 3 three seems to have, like, the more cel-shaded-looking aesthetic to it for its visuals. Uh, there's implications that you'll be back in the open world. Uh, 
you're you're definitely still in Santa Destroy. The little bits they've shown of gameplay have shown that Travis is still at the hotel uh, or the motel, right? <laughs> uh, which is weird because he's married and has kids. But whatever. Uh-huh. Um, there's, I mean, there's there's a lot though that is still. I mean, this is all stuff people have cherry picked from five seconds of actual gameplay video <laughs> that has been shown. Mm. So I am I am extremely eager to see. I'm I'm hoping we get actual gameplay. I know that there's a VTuber involved in this. Uh, there's a guy named Mafia involved with this, which is a very Suda Fifty One kind of move. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I I I just can't wait. I am dying to see more of this game. It is it is uh, probably my most anticipated release of this year. So if we can get even just a minute of gameplay, I'll be really happy. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just well. I'm so I'm dying to see more. The... Join me. 4-8 at 5 a.m. Pacific. I will live stream this thing on GVG. Ash and Derek are welcome to come, but I'll be there even if they're not. Oh, I'll be there. No, I, <laughs> I want to, even though I'll I'm like try casual, to wake up. I'm like a casual No More Heroes fan, I still want to be there and just, you know, be in the radiation of your hype. I just want to like soak <laughs> in that hype with you. And, and I think that would be a lot of fun. I just, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to see you excited. And so I definitely want to be there. Um, be there for it. And as uh, Azran says in the chat, when No More Heroes 3 releases, some say Steve Bowling's beam katana grew three sizes that day. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, so, I mean, what fun. constitutes a size? <laughs> uh, that's a good point. We're not going to get yeah. into that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's post-show here, content. Th- that, that Mafia Kajita is apparently the MC of this whole thing. And, man, Hololive really taking off with their VTubers as the, uh, it's apparently, uh, Shishiro Botan is our uh, VTuber taking part in this. I mean, I I will say that there's some good overlap there. Like the type of person that would love a VTuber would also like the type of fan service that frequently appears in No More Heroes. That's true. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to see. Cross-promotion. It is, and we're starting to see this more and more because last week we reported on how uh, Microsoft is using VTubers to promote uh, Xbox Game Pass Japan. Now we have this, and there was also a story we were going to talk about today that ultimately got cut just for room or space for other stories, but that Disgaea 6's DLC is going to feature VTubers as party members. And I don't yeah. know exactly how that works, but it's going to feature HoloLive VTubers as so. yeah, sorry, Disgaea 6 DLC is going to feature HoloLive VTubers as party members. So this is becoming a bigger thing in terms of cross-promoting at least in japan it makes sense if miku took off like she did having a lot of them playing games and doing that technology yeah vtubers are going to be huge yeah true definitely yep and and jared Jared edinger makes uh, makes makes a good point travis touchdown would definitely want a vtuber presenting his game i feel like there's going to be a joke in this game about that like somehow there has to be suda it's just like the otaku culture he likes poking fun with and just like having a laugh with. It, it just makes sense. Like this game's yeah. gonna be fun. This is gonna make us laugh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I fully anticipate. I, I I love the subtle fourth wall breaking they do all over the No More Heroes series, and I definitely see him making some references to to you know modern pop culture in the, in this game. So we'll see. So, yeah. yeah, but I would I want. Uh, yeah, I don't want to go too far into spoiler territory for No More Heroes 2. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, definitely there, join us a on scene that would be just as appropriate with a VTuber as with the anime girl that he's involved with. Let's just oh, put it that way. Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> Alright, well, nice. let's move on to our next story. And, uh, wow. <laughs> this one's cool. Alright, so Castlevania Resurrection, a prototype for the Dreamcast has been unearthed after 22 years. There was actually, uh, you know, it's a, the first Dreamcast installment of Castlevania was going to be uh, placed on a definite hold uh, due to a lack of resources. And basically, it was going to be a uh, 3D Castlevania starring Sonia Belmont from Castlevania Legends. Who knows if they're going to stick with that <laughs> continuity. And a new character called Victor Belmont, who actually had a... Uh, whose name kind of lived on in Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, kind of a wink and a nod to this lost thing. So, yeah, we actually have a prototype for it, I believe. Um, So the article here is actually different from the one I found earlier. 
uh, Ash. I thought that I, when I saw this, I thought it was a bit more to it. So uh, if you guys want to go over that, I want to see if I can find the other article that really well went into the details of what this Castlevania oh, okay. Resurrection was going to be all about. You know, well, I'm just watching the video of it right now. Yeah, and I'm it, looking it, at it now. Yeah, it's the video is cool. playing cool. playing for our audience as well. It does look pretty cool. And I have to say, 22 years ago, that would have been 1999. And I worked as a tester at Konami during that time. I never saw this. Oh, wow. Though. Wow. I saw so I it saw might have been next other... door to you, probably. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there was uh, EA uh, close to Konami's office in Redwood Shores, California. I think one or both of those offices closed down. Uh, you know what this me... reminds me of? Like, looking at the gameplay or the little bit of gameplay? It reminds me of, like, a, a mix between Castlevania 64 and Castlevania Element of Innocence. Like a, like a hybrid of the two. It, 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 it's kind of it's right in that middle yeah. area. So it works yeah. kind of as that middle ground. Um, okay, so it was Niche Gamers, the article I saw, that really went into a lot of stuff here uh, that uh, kind of, uh, you know, went into this. So the game was developed in-house by Konami and was likened to be a reboot of the series focusing on Sonya and Victor. The prototype demo, which is a pre-E3 demo, reportedly features five environments and a boss fight that corresponds to a stage in the game. As the game is clearly a beta build, most of the areas are not connected with each other, but they are accessible from the start menu, with one of them not loading apparently. The game was supposed to be set in 1666 and was going to be the 17th game in the franchise, taking place just prior to the original series protagonist Simon Belmont in the original Castlevania. The cancellation was reportedly due to a number of things, according to art director Greg Ordeon, like disagreements between the Japanese and American teams and the Dreamcast's short-lived life. Resurrection would have followed Sonya Belmont, who was the first uh, series' first female uh, Belmont, only female Bom- Belmont, really, who previously appeared in Castlevania Legends. Um, and then, uh, let's see, the new character Victor was supposed to be an 1800s-era vampire hunter that abandoned his lineage only to run away from the region in fear of his destiny as a vampire hunter. Reportedly, the main antagonist of the game would be a vampire, female vampire of some kind and not Dracula. So, hmm. yeah, just really, really cool things in here, like... What I, I really would have killed to see what this would have ended up being like, and I, I can't wait to see more of it. And if boy, if this was if this gets available online and I can play it, oh, I'm playing it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. This is super. This is super cool. More. Um, I I just, I just love stuff like this in general, whether it's Castlevania or anything else, where just lost games from the past resurface all these years later, and then are their prototypes actually still exist and they're preserved for other people to check out and see what would have been. I, I love stuff like this. Yeah. And, and the whole Sonya Belmont angle is weird. I mean, so, I mean, even as a kind of a middle of the road, more casual Castlevania fan in terms of the lore, I, I know it, but not nearly as well as Derek. I know Sonya Belmont wasn't exactly the most popular Belmont and, and she wasn't exactly that It's important. not that she was unpopular. It's just that her existence got wiped. Led to a like lot of... From canon. Continuity areas, eras, eras. right? Oh, sure. Yeah. So it's just interesting. Interesting that they were going to take the angle of, of having her star again, which I think would have been cool. Mm-hmm. I'd be think, cool JJ, if they because I know this. you're a huge Castlevania guy as well. Yeah, I'd be cool if they revisit this. To be honest with you, like it'd be dope to see like whatever if they ever go back to Castlevania again or Konami or somebody at some point. It'd be cool to at least you know revisit this concept and maybe iterate on it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe, but although maybe we, they already did, for all we know. Maybe, as you were saying, this looked a bit like Castlevania 64 crossed with Lament of Innocence. So maybe this is kind of one of those things where, like with, with The Wind Waker, where ideas that were ultimately cut from that game were repurposed later on in games like You, you know who Princess I would love to such. hear from about this? Like, it would be a good person to ask about this? Iga. Igarashi. Oh, Igarashi yeah. Son. Koji Igarashi, yeah. just sit him down and ask him about this and see if he has anything to say about it. That'd be that'd be mm-hmm. really interesting. See if he actually like thought about this or maybe like you know maybe he heard something about this you know at the time that he was like making his own games. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that would have been really interesting to hear. And as Juan points out in the chat, I was going to mention this, but Juan said it first. Uh, they're just waiting for the Mega Man Legends Three prototype to be leaked. That <laughs> I hope. I hope that that'd be amazing. That what happened that with this to today made. with Castlevania happens. With Legends Three someday, because I know Derek and I both would just be oh, dude, tearing I'd, that thing apart. I'd be right there with you guys. I I'm not the yeah. world's biggest Mega Man fan, but Legends holds a very special uh-huh. place in my heart. I love that series oh, so gotcha. much. Mm, I have Mega Man really cool. Sixty Four so somewhere. Good. But sorry, yeah. Okay. 
Oh, I was just saying I have the 64 version of Legends somewhere oh, right, in right. my house. I don't know where, but yeah, I I mean, it's a PlayStation franchise, let's be clear. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. I, I desperately, desperately want to play that prototype of 3. It was one of those things oh, that I followed it so closely, and when it got announced that they were shelving it, I was just heartbroken over that. Yeah, I mean, even if we nope. never get to play a prototype, I just hope that someday the design doc is, is surfaces so we can at least know what the story would have been. Because I, I've certainly have my guesses and I've drawn my own conclusions based on just educated guessing. And I think I kind of know where they were going with it, but there is a story concept out there somewhere for Mega Man Legends 3 that we would have known what was going to happen. And I just, I want to know, even if I never get to play it, I want to know so what the story is. Someone at that what they did for Half-Life <laughs> Episode yeah, three. the Half-Life thing. Yeah, that would be so cool. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That is, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole of, of third sequels in, in games, but what the hell? I, I I think that the whenever somebody is able to nail down the story of what the hell happened with Half-Life 3, mm-hmm. it'll be a, the wildest read ever because it's not oh, like yeah. Valve is on hard times or anything, but they can't seem to make a game. Like, yeah, and, it's and they, really weird. You know, Gabe Newell just needs to come out and say, yeah, we don't really make games anymore because Steam keeps us rich or, or yeah. something. <laughs> but, I mean, just own own up to the fact that you're no longer making the game or say literally anything about it at this point. Now, right. now on the flip side of that, though, if they decided to actually, like, put pedal to the metal and actually sit down and make it. You realize how awesome of a teaser they have set up for that. All they have to do is just put on the screen Half-Life 3 and the word confirmed and everybody will lose their damn mind. (laughs) Honestly, they don't even need to go that far. They could probably just put the number 3 on a screen and people would fill in the blanks. Well, it reminds me of a really, really... It reminds me of a really mean resetter thread title that I saw probably last year or several months back where it was Half-Life, comma, three screenshots. Oh, no, it was like obviously right. deliberate. It That's was so wrong. mean, but yeah. I couldn't help but just crack up because it was so good. Many and, internet uh, people <laughs> cried that day. Yeah. Um, as Megan everybody Conrad, points out, they did make Half-Life a- Alex, but... Nobody's really played that because it's VR only. Yeah, yeah but that's not really three right. though. Like that that's like I thought it was kind of like the episodes of Half-Life 2 kind of from my understanding. I never played it though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Mega Conrad I, points out apparently the only like one journalist got to play the Mega Man Legends 3 prototype. Right. And as I understand it, if I remember correctly, that same journalist was privy to like a sit down talking about what the game's story would have been. And we still don't know. I, I don't think that's ever been reported on. I don't think they've ever that is spilled a the beans. Hell of a journalist that they kept that secret for how long? <sighs> I, that's why I, I hold out NDAs, hope. That one of these so, days, like massive MDAs, <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Oh goodness! Well, let's go ahead and end off with one more story. Nice feel-good story to end uh, to end off the day. And a man has crafted the world's largest playable Nintendo Switch. Uh, it's that he actually donated to uh, the St. Jude's Children's Hospital, and it's in 4K. That <laughs> uses a 4K wow. screen. But yeah, he basically made a giant Switch. All the buttons work. 650 percent bigger. It's I think 30 30 inches by 70 inches. I think is what what it is. Yeah, that's a big uh, yeah, Switch. 65. Look at the picture now. That's yeah, huge. 30 by 70 and 65 pounds. <laughs> Which, Wait, uh, no. dang. Do the analog yeah. sticks on, on no, this Imagine trying to play on... Smash on this. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he shows himself playing Mario Kart on in this video. Yeah. Now, and right now, in talk... this case, he is using a pro controller, it looks like, to play on the giant Switch. But I mean, it obviously I would sync to a pro controller, but he does use Oh, yeah, buttons. but it works. Yeah, it works. Well, He's yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. Stick. I mean, I'm looking. Oh, wait, he uses the analog stick? Yeah. yeah, there's a different yeah. part of the video where he's actually using the the analog stick on the giant switch. Oh my god, that's amazing! Looking at the I'm looking at <laughs> Jared so cool. how are little kids going to be able to play it. You don't know kids. Like I could totally see one kid like, all right, you get on the analog stick, I'll get on the buttons, and we can work together and make this happen and just be silly fun. You know? Yeah, this is so cool. He plays Mario Kart Eight Deluxe and Fortnite, and this thing's in 4K. Wow. That's so cool, and, and what a, what a great cause too to to build it and yep. and donate it to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Children's Hospital, I love that. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if the sticks on that giant switch drift? <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you know, I have a feeling this guy probably prevented Joy-Con drift on this I thing. Say, if I had yeah. to guess, like, that would be a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That is, this that is, is really, really cool, am- amazing. I like it. Yeah, um, I feel cool. like, Steve, you'd probably love watching the breakdown of, of how this is built and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm currently working on a uh, sleeper PC project. Um, my dad doesn't watch this show, so it's fine. It's for him. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, which, if you don't know, a sleeper PC is like you, you get an old, super ugly, like 1990s computer. And then you put like really hardcore, awesome components inside, so it looks like a piece of crap on the outside, but performs amazing. Um, and I was trying to figure out how to uh, make like a floppy disk drive that would contain some type of uh, modern storage media. So, and and that is like a challenge well beyond my ability. I couldn't imagine taking a switch and, and turning it into this. So here, actually, might right. still have Joy-Con drift because I just watched the later part of the video, and it's literally he has a Joy-Con inside the big one. It just sort of attaches to it, and it like clicks the buttons with those bigger ones, and that's how it works. Oh wow! Has all these wires so and cool. stuff attached Holy. to just a regular Joy-Con mm. to get all the buttons to work as they should. That's crazy. It I mean, that's apparently cool. the guy. Who oh did yeah, this. you're right. It's just like an actuator that moves them for him. Oh yeah, they. I guess the guy who did this is a well-known YouTuber named Michael Pick, who is a craftsman, and he's known for previously building mega and bite-sized replications of various pieces of tech. Mm. So this is something that this guy is known for, and clearly you can tell why. More power. This is awesome. This is an incredible feat. Yeah, and I do want to say that I love St. Jude's Children's Hospital. That's a great, uh, great group of people to support. My my long departed grandma supported them my entire life and so i i've learned a bit about them and they are such a worthy cause i mean i'm they help sick mm. children like how, how bad yeah. could you be how right? could you yeah uh so, classy mudkip says imagine rolling up to a smash tournament with this bad boy right. <laughs> can you imagine yeah uh First i mean the, that, the next logical step is to make a gigantic switch dock connected to an absurdly large TV. I mean, it all like I'm having hooked up uh-huh. to the theater. Something <laughs> yeah. crazy, right? That is yeah. so. Yeah. Cool. I love yeah. this though. I, I do. I, I love the idea that that children who are are you know have a diminished quality of life can can enjoy something like this. That you know he's. I mean, yeah, it's publicity for him for sure, but it's the right kind. It's it's really cool that right. he did something it's, like this and just sweet. gave it away. You can imagine kids having a lot of fun being blown away by the size of it and just like all wanting to put their hands all over it to see and how it works. Like, oh, it does oh, work. Yeah. And well, I mean, I remember. Up. I want to say it was 2019 when we all went to E3 and Sega had the gigantic Genesis controller oh, out yeah, there for, for the, the Genesis, Genesis Mini. Mini. Yeah. For the Genesis Mini, and yeah, I, yeah, I love that, that so that much. Awesome. Like even as. Even as an old man, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. Somewhere there's a video of me playing Sonic on it. Playing and I love that. that. I, I can't imagine, so had I been cool, a child and seen great. that, how excited I would have been. I got to play uh, the original Super Mario Brothers with a giant NES controller, uh, which has been seen around. But I, it was at uh, MAGFest, I think, one year. And maybe more than one year, but I got to I got to play it and like you know it's such a giant controller that you know you use both of your hands just to push down on one side of the D pad. It's ridiculous, but it's really cool. You know, it's nice. funny like because I, I remember something like this at PAX East one year when RK One Up had brought like their new arcade cabinets and stuff. They were showing they had Marvel versus Capcom one playing on this giant arcade cabinet. I remember with the giant sticks they had to use like that. So a very similar idea, but we were just playing Marvel in that same way in like this huge arcade cabinet. It was ridiculous. <laughs> nice. It was fun. <laughs> That's really awesome. Cool. That's that's pretty amazing. You, you got to love it. But, uh, yeah, just a fun little feel-good story to end things off with. But with that, I believe we've covered all the major headlines from today's news. Before we sign off, though, uh, JJ, Jake James Lugo, where can we find you at? I am in a lot of places, but my main spots are YouTube. It's YouTube.com slash Gamers with Gains channel, or just search Jake James Lugo in the search bar. Show some love, sub. I'm on Twitter at Jake James Lugo. I'm always on there every single day posting stuff up. And on Instagram as well, at Jake James Lugo. Again, posting tons of gaming stuff related to what I'm doing and just stuff that I'm enjoying every single day. It's just a lot of fun things that I know you guys will love. Hopefully, you know, you guys enjoy it. <laughs> Appreciate it. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. 
Well, of course, we'll have links to uh, all of those pages in the description below for those of you watching the VOD version. So make sure to check that out and subscribe and check out uh, Jake James's content. And thanks again for being on the show, man. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Again, I, I love the work that you do. I love the combos. Again, I just love talking about games and stuff, and you guys do a lot of great things that a lot of people love to enjoy. So keep it up. Keep up the great work. Keep doing more. <laughs> thank you. Well, <laughs> thanks thank you. so much. And, uh, of course, we got to give a thank you to all the patrons. You guys are you know, amazing. Let us do this. It's, we can't ever be thankful enough. It really is impossible. Absolutely. Honestly. And, uh, we just have to give a special thanks to all of our patrons at the producer tier for helping to make this show happen. It really is all thanks to you. And in addition, a massive, massive thank you to our patrons at the executive producer tier and above. And those fine folks include, Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob Arman X, Dan and Twistle, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Floating Mew, Echo Carroll, Christopher, The D Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Nick Waterman, Kitty Kong Fax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, Macalau, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Shadow the Cat, Azran127, Ken Roulet09, Jake Poka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Titus Malvolio, Charlie Bird, Lucky Wonderfish, Top Dog23100, Young Ben, Ken- Young ben Kenobi, excuse me, Charles Zaz, Douglas Chomics, Andrew Medeiros, RMM, Phantom23, Patrick Harrison, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzy Wakehoid, Flaming Highwayman, Sean Garrett, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Master Links, Sean Davis, Deaneth, Jackson Jordan, Michael McCall, Matthew Wong, Ashish Joshi, Goron Amber, uh, Straight Lace, Hooby, Wolf X Blake and Moon Macarons, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 Minutes in 60 Seconds, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Bowling. Hi, Mom. Uh, Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Wheezy Peng- Penguin, and Anthony Wilson Jr. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. Uh, it just ah, warms my heart and really thank Indeed. you. Thank you so much. But remember Thank you that all you so too, much. yeah. Remember that you too can become a patron over at Patreon.com/slash/GVGaming, where you can watch today's news tonight live for as little as five dollars a month. Thank you all so much for watching, and if you like this video, be sure to subscribe to Good Vibes Gaming for more good times like these. And until next time, good night and good vibes. Bye. Good night, everybody. Later. Bye, people. everyone.